Radio Drone. It's Halloween, so we're going to be talking Halloween movies. I am Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Halloween voice, Mr. Jones. <laughs> I'm not always here. No, but you're always Halloween voiced. <laughs> True. I am the voice of Halloween, I guess. You are now. I gave you that moniker. The Marquis de Suede, Gay Racula, Alex Jowski. <laughs> those you are know, two they're... different people. <laughs> those are two different people. Not to Alex. No, I, I acknowledge that they are two different people. And we have our special guest for Halloween, Diamanda Hagen again. Yeah, I don't have a secret identity because I'm already Halloween-themed all year round. See, this is why you're perfect for this. Before we talk about Halloween, you can go to adamandeve.com and get something to Halloween stick up your Halloween butt by using the Halloween code DROME. I'm saying Halloween too much. You can get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, Free U.S. shipping, sorry, Diamanda, and a free mystery gift using the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. That was what an anal beads made of pumpkin seeds. Yeah. That's such a good deal, I wouldn't Adam and Eve it. <laughs> Boo! The Halloween franchise, we all know it. Hell, Brad and I have probably discussed every single one of the movies at some point, but we've never done a proper retrospective before. Which I actually had to go into the archives just to double check if we've done a retrospective on them. Yeah, because when you brought it up to me, I'm like, we kind of did, just not officially. I so, know I argued with you about Halloween 4 at no end once, but I don't know if that was on a show or just... That might have been just us talking and arguing about something. I, it could have been. But let's start with the first film. And Brad, you're going to be a little surprised at what I have to say about the first film. I still Ooh. don't like. I still don't like it, but after watching it again last night, I've changed my opinion on it slightly. I think the first Halloween film, the little things, and screw you, the little things, like the fact that it's clearly shot in California, do still bug me. But I will say I do see what Carpenter was going for. I do see the skill he, he had behind the camera with the building of the tension and the telling of the story. So I do see why people like it, but just for me, frankly, cinema snob in me, I just don't love the first Halloween film as much as everyone else does, but Halloween was a groundbreaker. You you cannot deny that that Halloween set a new standard for what we would call the slasher film. No, I I agree with that. Uh, uh well, other than the petty bullshit about it not being shot in Illinois, I agree that it's There are a- palm trees in the background. Uh what was your reason for disliking it before you settled on that, putz? <laughs> <laughs> The other issue is just completely unrealistic, because if you look at Jamie Lee Curtis's mother in that, that's clearly not Janet Lee. This is true. It's well, unrealistic. That's because she got killed, Alfred Hitchcock killed her off using Norman Bates years earlier. 
Okay, what about Tony Curtis then as her dad? It's not her dad. It's, it's unrealistic. Happy Halloween, daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, Brad, your thoughts on, on the first Halloween? Halloween, when I was uh, a kid, was... Uh, Honestly, it was my favorite movie when I was in grade school. I mean, it's not my favorite movie anymore, but I still I still li- like the hell out of it. I think it holds up as a suspense movie. I think it's an intense little flick. It's well shot. It's well made. It's no, it's not the most exciting slasher movie ever made, but for a movie that has a pretty decent sized build up to it in terms of its villain and in terms of its characters, I think it's a really good example of that. So I I think it holds up just fine. I mean, it's like maybe if it, if something like that was released today, it certainly wouldn't have the impact that it did in 1978. But as a groundbreaking movie, I think it's one that works. I don't find it to be an overrated film at all, especially on the grounds of it's not shot in Illinois. Hey, <laughs> there I... are palm trees. Hey, Josh, you know what else has continuity errors? Every slasher film ever made. Someone's going to throw a chair at me. You know, figuratively, because I at no point in watching it uh, when I, cause I watched, you know, all of them bar the second Rob Zombie film, you know, in preparation for this because I have no life and because I was editing um, <laughs> and and I was playing Saints Row, too. But I did not actually notice it was set in Illinois. I just figured it was set in California because it's a movie for America and they tend to be set in either New York or California and they'd palm trees so I figured California. So it didn't bother me at all. Okay. But it's a, it's still a real it's a really good example of a slasher film. It's of a slasher film that doesn't have a massive amount of gore, and uh, it's got almost no gore. Yeah, it's it's a little bit like uh, Texas Chainsaw in that regard. It's it deserves. I think it deserves its place as a classic. I loved the first Halloween. That movie had me from that that eerie opening song, the, the pumpkin there, and that opening with the kid. I loved that movie to death. Oh, you're thinking of Sorority House Massacre. Oh crap. <laughs> Sorority House Massacre was all right. If you're filming in California, why set it in Illinois? I think just because, like, they really wanted to give it that Midwest look with the fall leaves. And then why not just oh, film it in Illinois? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm sure that there's a reason why it isn't it isn't filmed in Illinois. Maybe it was just downright easier for them to film in California. That honestly is probably the case. It was probably cheaper for them to film out there. But I understand them wanting to wanting it to be set in Illinois because. Illinois has has more of a regular average town kind of feel than California does. It really does, especially when you're thinking about about like the stereotypical American season of Halloween that kind of bodes a little more with the look of the Midwest than it does necessarily necessarily the look out on like stereotypical West Coast. Because Halloween in California looks no different from the 4th of July in California. So then Halloween hit in 1978, and it hit huge. It set the new standard. It's what what most people, myself included, consider the beginning of the slasher genre. Rightfully so, because Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't so much a slasher. That's a totally different type of film. But Texas Chainsaw is a really good film, but that really didn't set the standard that Halloween did, because the Halloween knockoffs just came out of everywhere. Sean uh, Cunningham I, even admits he wanted to make a movie like Halloween when he made Friday the 13th. 
oh hell man like even even pre-existing movies change their title as in the day after halloween which has nothing to do with halloween <laughs> it's like what josh said it certainly was popular enough it hit at the right time that it set a trend of what what kind of turned into the modern slasher film yeah, it gave john it's... carpenter a career more than any other movie of his before that did That's yeah true. it, it, it gave carpenter a name in hollywood I suppose it's pretty much impossible to work out what the first slash movie would be because it's an art form, so it's entirely subjective. Well, the early 70s giallos could technically be slasher movies, but... Technically, the very first version of Frankenstein could be a slasher. Yeah, he throws a little girl in the water and kills her. No, I'm talking the the old, old silent-ass version. The Thomas Edison one from 1910? Yeah. Where do you see the 1912 silent film version of Nailgun Massacre? (laughs) Okay, so with Halloween having so many imitators, it, it took a break till 1981 because John Carpenter just did not want to make a sequel, which is understandable at that point. But by that point, Friday the 13th had come about and had altered what Halloween was when it comes to calling it a slasher film. And you can see that with Halloween 2, which, you know what, a lot of people... When they crap on Halloween 2, they always go, oh, it's not as good as the John Carpenter one. And they don't realize, you know, John Carpenter wrote and produced this, right? That doesn't make it better. No, but but, but people <laughs> like to go, people forget John Carpenter had anything to do with 2 and 3. Yeah, but the directing choices has a lot to do with it, not just the writing. Right, and I think Rick Rosenthal made a good film. Dean Cundy's... Direction, director of photography, I think that is phenomenal. I love the look of Halloween 2. But you could tell something had changed in culture by this point when it came to films because Halloween 2 is much more of a prototypical slasher. Gorier, much more graphic, much less subtle, and much more on jump scares than mood scares. More Halloween 2 and nudity. Excessive nudity. I mean, yeah, the first one had PJ Soul's tits, but no one was complaining about that. Absolutely no one. But... To me, Halloween two is Halloween two is not a bad film, but it's 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 okay. Because you know the biggest cultural shift between them was Donald Pleasance wasn't starving anymore. Donald what? Pleasance is great in everything, though, even Puma oh. Man. Oh, he was, but he uh, his career was a bit slow before Halloween. You know, Christopher Lee was offered the role of uh, of uh, Loomis. Yeah, doesn't he regret that? Yeah, he said that's his biggest professional regret, uh, yeah. not taking the role of Loomis. The strangest thing about that is. Donald Pleasance is so much that character, I just cannot see anyone else playing the role. Because we're so used to it over the, you know... I can see someone else playing it. Quiet, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell, come on. (laughs) I'm I'm with you on that. Like, Halloween 2, it's... It's not as I don't think it's as good as the first. It's it's not as it's not as suspenseful as the first movie, but I don't really know if it's trying to be as suspenseful as the first movie because it very much is a prototypical early 80s slasher movie. And as that, you know what? It it's works fine. the way it's supposed to. Yeah, it, it it does. With the exception of the violence and the nudity, it has much more of a very almost made-for-TV look to the direction in comparison to the first Halloween movie, and I I don't necessarily mean that as a bad thing. I just mean, like, in comparison to the first one, it, it's obvious that it's shot by a much different, much different director than the first movie, but the violence works. The characters work. I think the characters are a lot of fun. 
the kills the kills are good even even the ones that kind of repeat themselves from the first movie still kind of work in this film i never ever ever liked the twist that jamie lee curtis is his sister no i've never liked that either the only thing i really give them credit for is it's a true sequel picking up exactly yeah. where the last one left off yeah abs- absolutely only jamie lee curtis has got a wig this time <laughs> Well, yeah, because three years in real time have passed. (laughs) Three years later, she had short hair. And Um, Donald Pleasance is a little larger than he was the day before. He's a little chunkier. Yeah, he's he's a tiny bit chunkier. That's kind of funny. And, you know, things too, like uh, his reaction to seeing Michael Myers gone at the end of the first one and then the beginning of the second one is completely different. Like, at the end of the first one, he's kind of like, yes, I knew this was going to happen. And then at the beginning of the second one, he's, oh, shit, he's gone. He's like, ah, damn it. Oh, no. But, you know, it's aside from, you know, aside from, like, just little stuff like that. And the and the twist, which, again, I never liked. I think it kind of cheapens the first one, actually. Whatever. I do it, think it actually I do, is not I, nearly as cheapened as what that twist will later morph into in the later movies, though. Yeah, and that's that's my thing, too. It's a sucky twist that, man, they just kept rolling with as the movies went on. But as like it's like you said, though. As a slasher movie, I think it's perfectly okay. Pretty much agree with Brad. It's, uh, it's a decent early 80s slasher movie, but coming after the first one, just can't really compare. It's got a lot of... It suffers from sequelitis, as in that it does pretty much what the first one did, but not as good. But it's much better than most of the sequels that come afterwards. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, we'll we'll get to that. I'll agree with Brad that I hated that twist about him being her being the sister because it made no sense to me. I'm like, so he's killing his family because why? Because of the thorn curse. Oh wait. Yeah, but that's not until like they they pulled that out of their ass after the fact. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, they did. I, I will well, say they also this... had to come. They also had to come up with a reason for why, uh, why Michael Myers was fucking immortal as well. Th- that and that'll even go into what, what. One of my problems is I don't have a problem with the ending of this movie as Halloween Two. I have a problem with the ending of Halloween Two as it relates to the sequels. The fact that they basically just chose to ignore Michael and Loomis kind of blow up at the end of this movie. Well, there's well, not really. What were they more... gonna do? There's not really more Michael Myers sequels you can tell, but they're going to anyway. Which well, leads us... You know, having having a little scar on your face means that you survived an explosion. <laughs> Michael we're Myers st- being immortal, he's okay. We're still a movie away from that. Don't jump ahead. Well, cause it, And then we go with what Carpenter originally wanted, which was an anthology series, all called Halloween with a subtitle, set at Halloween. I liked that, and then we came up with Season of the Witch, which... I think is a really strong film, incredibly underrated, and I think would have worked even in 83 if they had not called it Halloween. I think Halloween Season of the Witch is a great film that only failed because people wanted more Michael Myers and they, other than a shot of Tom Atkins watching him on a bar TV, you don't get. I think Halloween Season of the Witch is a phenomenal film and I know you agree with me, Jones. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I think 
I think it's also a movie that's really coming into its own as well. It's not. I mean, it's still, by all accounts, an underrated film. Not nearly to the extent that it was like when you and I were kids. Be- because now it does, ha- it does have an audience that I think is certainly growing and appreciates it more as a standalone movie than something that's part of the Halloween franchise. I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's I think it's a funny film. I think it's clever. And when it's really kind of creepy, it is an eerie little film. And when you break it down like, wow, Connell Cochran is like a hundred times the villain that Michael Myers is. Connell Cochran's gonna kill your fing kids. And and he ha- and Cochran has a plan. Mm-hmm. Kind of a convoluted plan, but a plan nonetheless. And that's the speech that he gives about the true history of Halloween is one of the best freaking diabolical speeches of the '80s. It's delivered so goddamn well. Am and I when the only ca- one that? Am I the only one that ever thought that Cochran didn't die in this movie, and he later formed OCP? <laughs> He's the old <laughs> man. Dick, I'm very disappointed. Must I tell you the real story behind Halloween? The blood will run red, or the hills will run red with the blood of children because of OCP. I want to visit an alternate universe where Halloween 3 was a big hit, and then they kept doing anthology Halloween movies because... Well, they probably wouldn't have. They probably would have just continued on with Connell Cochran. Hell, even that I would have been fine with. Because, like, honestly, it's... Well, I I love Halloween 3 just in general, but dear God, do I love it better than any Halloween movie that came after it. And also, like, if Halloween 3 is what they came up with for their first part of their now it's going to be an anthology series, dear God, I wanted to see what else they would come up with, because Halloween 3 is awesome. Well, when you go to Nigel Neal from Qua- the Quatermass movies to write your screenplay, you're thinking mm-hmm. out of the box there when you're thinking Halloween horror film, aren't you? And I'm saying yeah. that as a positive. Honestly, and Halloween 3, and I, I I, do love John Carpenter's Halloween, I do, but Halloween 3, as a, as a Halloween-themed film, gets more into the lore of the season. It feels more like a film that takes place during the season than any other movie in the series. Like, yeah, there's a lot of Halloween-themed stuff in John Carpenter's Halloween, but the basic story of it could really, honestly, probably take place any time of the year. Halloween 3, no, not at all. That is a purely Halloween holiday-themed movie. And come on, it's got evil cyborg robots created by the supernatural, because that's just cool. Damn right it does. I'm not as fond of it as you guys are. But the, but I fully admit this might be because a because of the the fucking song and b because the villain has the most, one of the most hilariously bad Irish accents of all time. I was genuinely surprised when I found out the guy was actually Irish. I was gonna I say, wanna, isn't he actually Irish? I want to know what the fuck he was trying. It's like <laughs> he was parodying himself, <laughs> or he was just having fun with his role. What do you mean, Dan O'Hurley? He is Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really love Halloween 3. I mean, yeah, it's one of the best Halloween-themed movies. I'll take that over Hocus Pocus any day of the week. Ugh. <sighs> Tisk. And the other thing about it is it's it's kind of easy to pretend it's in continuity, that there's just other stuff that happened at the same time. No, because he watches the first Halloween on TV as a movie, so... Yeah, that's one of those made-for-TV crime movies. It's like Murder on Halloween, the Michael Myers story. Oh, on a mid-90s Fox <laughs> TV. <laughs> 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 Jamie Fisher story. 
<laughs> with Carrie Fisher as Laurie Strode. And see, that actually would have been pretty cool for them to have made a joke like that, but I think that was too meta for 1983. But yeah, I love Halloween 3. It's a terrific horror film. Well, and then after Halloween 3 flopped hard with both critics and audiences in 83, the franchise went dormant for a while. Mustafa Akkad is the producer of all of them up until he was killed in 2005 in the uh, Jordan terrorist bombings. By 1988, he... He brought the franchise back. He finally found some new backers, and he brought it back, but he said, we have to do Michael Myers. Initially, they wanted to go a little more heady, but they were afraid they'd be compared to Nightmare on Elm Street, which was just kicking ass at that point. They wanted, every Halloween, all the apprehension of what Michael Myers was and what he did in 1978 or 81, whatever continuity you want to set the first two films in eventually brought Michael back as sort of a ghost. And they wanted it to be a a little more psychological than a slasher, but they thought they'd then be compared with Nightmare on Elm Street. So he said, screw it, just bring Michael back somehow. So they wanted to, like, zombie Jason him? Sort of. Honestly, to me, sounds better than than he's just randomly immortal. Yeah, I, I actually thought it could have been a good idea because Alex and I disagree with this. I think Halloween 4 is a surprisingly strong film. I think Dwight Little did a really good job. It feels like Halloween. Jamie Lloyd, I think, is a really great character. And Danielle Harris, especially for her age, fucking kills in that role. And I think Halloween 4 is a really good film. The relationship between Jamie and Rachel is very fleshed out and realistic. I've always had a thing for Kathleen Kinmont. So seeing her, you know, in her nighty, not bad. I like Halloween 4. Oh, but why do you like it, Josh? They shot his eyes out at the end of part two. And, and he also it. blowed up. <laughs> That's one of those things where it's like, well, what else were they going to do? They kind of bring him back. So, all right. And hell, he Loomis has only got like a little, like the amount I pointed out earlier, like a little scar and that's it. Even though he was fit, hit right in the face with a full-on propane explosion. Halloween well, he had all that or... sweet psychiatrist cash for plastic surgery. <laughs> See, he was a little, he was, that's why he was so fat. You know, he was, most of his body yeah. was cushioned by the fat. And then the rest of it, they just took some of his belly stuff and they made a new face for him. So was he tenderized then? I don't know. I'm just, they, they didn't explain it. So I'm going to try to. Halloween for like, I don't know, like, um, it's a clone. It's. You can, it definitely, it, I mean, Josh is right in that it definitely looks more like the Midwest than the other, than the other movies do. It certainly does that. Doesn't make it a better movie, dude. <laughs> My opinion is it's a better film. You don't have to agree with me. I, I like it. I didn't say it was a better film. Like, oh, this is so much better made. I, I think it's the best of all the sequels, leaving Halloween 3 out since it's not a real sequel sequel. No, I like, I like two better than I like four. Four is adequate. I don't think it's offensively bad. I don't think it's great. I really couldn't give a rat's ass about Michael Myers' niece or any of that stuff because that's just going along with a twist that I never liked in the first place, that he's just after his family members and whatever. I think the kills in the movie are relatively forgettable, I don't think it's a wildly entertaining movie. I think it's better than five. I'll give it that. But one of the things I really did like, and you may disagree, I liked the fact that the cops actually acted like cops in this. They used logic when dealing with, you know, not knowing he's immortal, but dealing with a killer. And they they 
they acted like how police officers would theoretically act in this situation instead of the way cops usually act in horror, especially slasher films. Sure, I mean, there's you can certainly say that, and fine, but like, whenever I would watch Halloween 4, I'd just be like, man, I wish I was watching a Friday the 13th movie right now, because many of those are much more entertaining than this movie. And we have to point out, with the, the Daniel Harris as Jamie Lloyd, this film sets up in continuity that Laurie Strode is dead. She died of a car accident when yeah. Jamie was a little girl. That's important for later on. Laurie Strode does not exist in this continuity anymore. She's dead. She's buried. There's no faking her death. People saw her die. And the, the one thing is this movie made a ton of money. Halloween 4 was an independent feature, and it brought in four times its budget opening weekend and beat some of the studio stuff. So Halloween 4, no matter what we think of it, was a pretty big hit. It's not It's not very good. Uh, the fact that the character's name is Jamie Lloyd just it makes it possibly appear worse than it is because I'm expecting her to turn into Darth Vader at some point. Put it up against a Friday the 13th movie in that a Friday the 13th movies come off better generally because they're shit and they know it. Well, this one's shit and doesn't know it. Yeah, yeah, that's incredibly true. You know what? And, and liking the movie, I can't argue with that. It, it does have sort of a, I don't want to say pretension because that's not the right word, but it seems to think of itself on a slightly higher level than a slasher movie in 1988 should have. Because I'm wondering, how many years is it set after the first Halloween? Literally, is it is it ten? is it real time? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Because uh, Jamie is ten in this, so they're using the continuity that Halloween one and two took place in 1978. Okay, so wait, she's ten. So that means uh, Jamie Lori Lee Curtis Strode? had her almost right after the first Halloween. So she was the already events of pregnant. Halloween two. Yeah. So Halloween broke the scream slasher rules. Dun dun it's, dun. It's she was already. Kid. She must be already <laughs> pregnant. It's possibility. Tommy, it's Tommy Doyle's kid. <laughs> I hate it. I, I hate Halloween 4. I mean, it's not as bad as Halloween 5, yeah, but it really, to me, it felt like a remake of the first one, just with a younger actress in the lead role. I mean, all of Donald Pleasant's lines, it feels like he's reading the script from the first movie. He says the exact same things about Michael Myers. So the movie feels tired to me, like they just weren't they, they were just trying to make the first movie again and capture that success. It's, it's not entirely unfair. I don't know if it's lazy, it's just not unfair. When you have him, Alex is kind of right there. When you have him saying pretty much verbatim the same stuff he said in the first movie, it's a little lazy. Like, it's one thing to certainly want to make a movie as good as the one from 1978, but doing that, what Alex just said, is kind of lazy. Yeah, there's no new insight into Michael Myers or anybody. It's like, oh, he's the same guy doing the same stuff. The thing that really does go to your theory there, Alex, is the ending of Halloween 4 as well. The ending of Halloween 4 very much echoes the opening of the original Halloween to the point where they were kind of going, ah, callback. Yeah, I forgot, I forgot about that. That was dumb. It, it, was, it was dumb and they ignored it for the next one, so it doesn't really matter, but it's still there. They Friday the 13th Part 5 and 6 to that shit. Yes, yes, they did. I was thinking that, it, you know, because of Loomis' dialogue being so similar to the first one, they might as well have just done what they did in 7 and had a, and had a you know, impersonator do a not very good job of impersonating him. 
<laughs> this film, like I said, made a ton of money. So they decided we need another one next year. So no matter what you thought of Halloween 4, it had almost a two-year production. Halloween 5, they said, no, this has got to be out next Halloween. So it was fast-tracked. They had almost six months to shoot the entire film and get it ready, and that's from pre-production to special effects. I'm friends with some guys that were that worked at K&B Effects back at that time. I didn't know them then, but I've seen some of their camcorder behind-the-scenes video. No one on Halloween 5 knew what the hell they were doing. They never had a completed script, and even the effects guys would be told only a couple of hours beforehand what they would need. Halloween 5 was thrown together, and you can tell. The movie is, to me, a complete mess. And to me, I, I hate it, but it's still watchable. To me, it's the last of the Halloween films that are watchable. It's watchable in the sense that it, like, if it's a slasher movie I grew up watching, I have it on in the background. It's like, y- you can tell it's thrown together because the picture of Daniel Harris on the box is from four. And the and house in the Myers house is completely different. The Myers house is a mansion. It's like this big gothic mansion. Like, oh crap, we need a Myers house. So we're on a, we're on a quick, we're on a quick schedule here. Uh, let's, let's go to Boo Radley's house around the corner. We'll use the hat. Well, and then also this one, Ellie Cornell was very vocal about how irritated she was. She was under contract, so she couldn't do anything about mm. Rachel went through all that stuff to protect Jamie in four. And then they just kill Rachel off at the beginning of five. She thought that was both disingenuous to the character and to her as an actress. I can't disagree with that. Not to jump ahead, but I feel the same way about what they did to Jamie Lee Curtis and Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. That was different circumstances, though. I guess on the one hand, it's like some of the things in five had some different material than they did in four like it wasn't just straight out you know kind of doing some of the same things that they did in the other one they add this psychic shit with jamie and she's a mute and she can kind of see what's gonna happen next it makes for a worse movie (laughs) because it's really really dumb and kind of out of place but on the other hand it's like well i guess like if anyone tried anything on this movie, well, there's that, I guess, even though it kind of makes it worse. They just threw a bunch of shit at the walls to see what stuck. And Honestly, what we... yeah, they did, yeah. Well, that sort of stuff works okay-ish sometimes in, like, some of the, you know, the occasional time. Like, I I, in like, I like Jason X. There, I said it. And it I do, too. Hey, 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 I like Jason X as well. Yeah, I okay. like Jason. Jason X is fun. Most people don't tend to, but, um... It threw. It did a lot of random shit, which you know on paper was probably a bad idea, but it worked. Uh-huh. And uh, the occasional Nightmare on Elm Street film did the exact same sort of stuff. But Halloween is. I hate to say this. Halloween is supposed to be the straight man of 80 slasher movies. It's supposed to be the the venerable, respectable one, and doing random shit that it it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be doing stuff like that. It just doesn't feel right. On the one hand, I can understand why they wanted to, because sort of being the straight man, like you said, in that particular situation is partly what made 4 so boring to me in that era of slasher movies. So I can kind of I can kind of understand them wanting to kind of be a little wilder with it. But it doesn't make for a good Halloween. To to me, that Uh. made it feel more derivative of its derivatives rather than trying to be a cut above them. 
like that's out of this this set of Halloween movies. Because I always think of them as three sets, you know, one to six, uh, seven and eight, and then the Rob Zombie ones. Out yeah. of this set, this is my least favorite. And you know, I've seen Mustafa Akkad's really, really, really terrible biopic of the Prophet Muhammad, and this is—I'm not sure if this is worse, but I would <laughs> love to see a crossover. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, I would. <laughs> I really do not like five at all. And Since you didn't like four, which one do you like least? Five. Good boy. Five is worse, yeah. Um, but it was confusing because four was called The Return of Michael Myers. Five was called The Revenge of Michael Myers, and its box art featured shots from four. And it, it was confusing to know which one was which. It's like, this is the one where she has no dialogue. Oh, okay. But this film didn't make as much money as Halloween 4 did, and so the franchise kind of went into hibernation for a few years until the mess of 1995's Halloween 666, The Curse of Michael Myers, or came out. The, or, as the trailer says, the origin of Michael Myers. Yeah. Now, this one's going to take a little bit of, of backstory. Because for one, the ending of Halloween 5, the very ending, had a mysterious... Michael was captured. He's in jail with his mask on. Yeah, w- w- great police procedure there. A mysterious man in black comes in, kills all of the police officers, frees Michael Myers, and they walk off together. And considering this went into hibernation for a few years, that kind of was, even even though stupid, a cliffhanger that we wanted to see where they were going to go with, and they went stupider. Halloween 6 is a moronic movie, even in both cuts, because there is a bootleg work print called the Producer's Cut, which is superior in every way, but is still filled with a lot of the dumb. You can see Donald Pleasance is dying in this movie. You can see he doesn't really want to be in it because, frankly, when he agreed to be in Halloween 6, it was a totally different script than what he ended up shooting. So once they started filming, he didn't want to be here. Paul Rudd looks like he's about to fall asleep in every single scene he has. He has no emotion whatsoever. And I he's, know what happened on Halloween. Yeah, his, he, he seems like he is almost trying to be fired with some line deliveries in this. That's Honestly, that's why I think he's really fun in the movie. <laughs> Halloween 6, well, earlier when I said Halloween 5 is my least favorite of that era, yeah, uh, compared to the producer's cut, which is the one I've seen way more than the theatrical cut of 6. If we're talking, like, if we're including the producer's cut here, Halloween 5 is my least favorite. If we're talking theatrical cut, 6. 6, six theatrical is way worse than 5. I've just seen the producer's cut many more times, and that's just kind of usually what I think of when I think about 6. 6 theatrical is a goddamn mess. And you, an, and you can an tell. Ending, yeah, with an ending where I don't know what the hell happened. Like, I, I saw that in the theater. Me and my movie edited, me and my buddy looked at each other and seriously thought that the reel gave out. Like, we thought that, like, frames went missing. Like, there was 10 minutes missing at the end of the movie. Like, we we, we were like, what the hell was, was that? Was that? Is that the end? Now, the um, ending of the theatrical, is that the one where we see Michael's mask lying on the ground and we hear Loomis screaming, so it's implied Michael killed him? Yes. Because yes. I, I, I get the two endings confused sometimes. Yes, that's that's the theatrical ending. Now, the producer's cut, I actually don't mind. I don't know if I I don't know if I like it in the sense that I legitimately think it's not a bad movie, 
or that compared to the theatrical one, it's really good. <laughs> I, I think there, um, were, there were some good ideas. I don't necessarily like the Thorn Curse stuff. It's but, at least coherent. Like, yeah, it, it the script made sense in the producer's cut. It Even does. if it was dumb, it made it it had internal logic. And I like it way better than five. I honestly like the producer's cut of six better than I like four. I it's it's not that it's like a scary movie by any means. I just find it I just find it relatively entertaining is all. And yeah, Paul Rudd's kind of cheeky performance in the movie. To me, it's pretty entertaining. I kind of get a kick out of him in the flick. I only saw one of the versions. I saw the one with the mask. Okay, th- then you saw the theatrical. The producer's okay. cut is way better, but it only exists as a bootleg. I will say this nice thing about it, that the, they at least tried to explain what the fuck was up with, with Michael. It, they didn't do it well. You know, they could have said that God, he was influenced by Earth's yellow sun and therefore he turned into an invincible killing machine or something, <laughs> but... At least yeah. it was some sort of a reason. I, I, it's just a pity it was shit. But 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 the re- but the reason doesn't even make sense in either version because we have now uh, I think she's supposed to be fifteen in the movie Jamie Lloyd who has another baby so that's who has a baby so that's another bl- person in the bloodline Michael has to kill and they outright say it's Michael's baby. So why is he not only raping his niece to get her pregnant? To give them another bloodline body that he has to kill. The internal logic, besides being creepy with the incest for no reason at all, makes no sense. Hey man, we all do weird things around Halloween, dude. Plus, Michael Myers having a sexuality is... Dumb? It's a lot less funny than Leatherface having a sexuality in in Texas Chainsaw 2. (laughs) Or three, that they heavily implied Jennifer Banco was Leatherface's daughter in three as well. I hated six. When I watched it in theaters, right at the end of the movie, somebody just stood up and screamed, F*** this, I want my money back, and everybody agreed with him. I think that guy was in my Devil Inside screening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because, now, to a degree, and I'm not trying to defend Joe Chappelle because he made a crap movie, Donald Pleasance died before they rewrote the ending from what we see in the producer's cut so yeah, you could see him dying in that movie he's just yeah. limping along repeating the usual loomis dialogue oh michael myers bad and, and see i here's knew the what thing. he was but and, and i see, never here's knew the why thing. here's the thing why i will not defend joe Chappelle. he outright said donald pleasance he did not like him he did not like his character he thought the loomis character was stupid that's why almost every bit of character development that Loomis gets in six was only in the producer's cut. See, I assumed because the that director just... didn't like him. I assumed the director worked him to death. No, he just he shot a bunch of stuff with them and then just kind of went, "This is boring." Because you can see behind Donald Pleasance's eyes, he's looking at the the camera with a, "Why are you making me do this? This isn't in... weekend at Loomis's." <laughs> I and like. In four and five, I do think Loomis is kind of boring. In six, though, I don't. Not in the producer's cut of six, I don't because I th- I thought in the producer's they give him a cut... lot of character moments too in six. Yeah, well, that's that's what I, I that's what I thought in the producer's cut. They give him a lot more to do I, I, than what he was given to work with in four. I and don't I, understand why a guy would want to direct a Halloween movie if he finds in, you know, Halloween 6, if he finds Loomis to be boring. That's like wanting to make a Hellraiser movie and finding BDSM boring. 
Uh, it's like John Borman hating The Exorcist and doing Exorcist 2. <laughs> well, at least that came up with a really entertaining trailer. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> trailer, not so much of a great movie, but a great trailer. Yeah. The other thing about Halloween 6 I was going to say is I hated the whole baby thing that, oh, it's Jamie Lloyd's incest baby and she dies. I'm like, they could have just had Jamie Lloyd as a, as a you know, few years older. Or, or just a single mother. There was no reason to make it Michael's baby. I think they thought they were being edgy with that. And in fact, they just went stupid with it. And the that whole thorn curse thing was confusing and stupid. It was poorly and... thought out. I'm, dis- yeah. I, I'm disagreeing, you guys. I think incest makes any franchise better. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, on that note, and like I said, Jamie Lloyd gets killed in this one, so this is still in continuity with 4 and 5. Then the franchise because this film bombed hard this put the franchise back into hibernation for a few years until uh, the post scream slasher movie boom brought us halloween h2o 20 years later halloween water world this is the only halloween film of the original franchise that i've only seen one time because i hated it so much I think this is the worst film in the entire franchise is H2O, and H2O is a goddamn retcon. They outright say 4, 5, and 6, they didn't happen. So basically, this starts another offshoot continuity where, hey, Lori's still alive. She never had Jamie. She never faked her death. This is dumb. And That's why me, I like it, though. To me, H2O feels like exactly what it was, a scream knockoff. It's got the same style. It's shot similarly. The goddamn poster is the screen poster with different actors. I hated Halloween Water. Janet Lee showing up in the psycho car. It, it, it yeah, it, it was I love it was that. made for the post Scream audience, and I hated Scream. I'm actually with Josh on this. I really hate H2O. I understand. I understand the want to disregard four, five, and six and say like, hey, okay, this one comes right after Halloween one and two. I get that thinking. I really, really do. But dear God, did they make a crap movie. <laughs> I, the characters in the movie annoyed the utter living crap out of me. And what got me the most about this thing was this movie had the most, the most false freaking cheesy ass jump scares i've seen in a movie since the original slumber party massacre it was insane the amount of false jump scares in this movie there this really cocky attitude they have that like okay this is the true sequel to halloween one and two and they make a movie that's worse than four five and six and they don't let you forget that they keep hammering it into your head this is the true sequel it it had almost an arrogance to it it's the same kind of it, other than being like that kind of tongue-in-cheek post-scream vibe to it. It's it was still just a subpar slasher movie like some of the other sequels in the franchise. It wasn't suspenseful like the first movie. It didn't have the sleaze of the second movie. It was just forgettable '90s slasher movie crap. I'm gonna have slightly different opinion, and that's just slightly colored by the fact that honestly. That was the first. That was the first Halloween movie I managed to see, so I slightly have 
tiny bit of good feeling to it. It's not good. It's obviously taking after Scream when, you know, Halloween being the venerable old man of slash movies really should be doing its own thing and ignoring whims. Uh, yeah. So that was a bad thing. I didn't think it was as bad as I thought, like, 5 was. Plus, I don't think it's as bad as 8, but well, we'll, we'll get on to that. Now, this is going back to me being uh, not really paying attention uh, and, and missing shit, but I thought it was pretty easy to reconcile all seven films, well, all, uh, into one continuity. Nope. With, uh, I, 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 you know, I just figured she had, she, she had faked her death, and this is just another, you know, years later, another part of the country. Well, the only thing about that is they mentioned that he hasn't been seen in, like, 20 years. Jamie existed! Well, 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 my argument, well, the... Michael Myers not appearing for 20 years. Okay, that's a big continuity fuck-up, but honestly, I've seen worse continuity fuck-ups in slasher movie sequels. I don't the, even know if that's a continuity fuck-up. It's just that they retconned it and just made their well, own separate... Well, yeah, it's, it's intended to be a retcon, but I'm thinking if I'm thinking of it as one continuity, then it's a continuity fuck-up. Sure. But the, the firstborn thing, I'm taking that as Laurie Strode is lying. She's trying to keep her the original life as much as possible out of the picture, or she is burying it as much as she can. So she's lying to her son. That bitch. All right, I liked H2O, but I didn't love it. Oh, yes. I enjoyed it because I really like Steve Miner as a director. The (laughs) movie was so cliched that it felt fun. Steve Miner did did that shit Day of the Dead remake. Oh, yes. This was before then, though. <laughs> um, he, this was the beginning of his decline. I liked that it put 4, 5, and 6 out of continuity because I hated those movies. So I'm like, yes, we, we fixed it. Jamie Lee Curtis puts in an okay performance, in my opinion. And I liked the, the little in-jokey nod with Janet Lee showing up in the psycho car. You like Scream, it's, don't you? No, I hate Scream. This movie was like a bad parody of Scream, and I thought I felt. I'm, I I do agree with Alex in that I I thought Jamie Lee Curtis was good in the movie, but she's a good actress. And the end of the movie, when I first saw it, when she cuts off Michael Myers' head and it goes rolling, I'm like, "That's it, we did it. He's dead. There's no more Halloween movies. We can move on." Until 2002, and we ah. get Halloween Resurrection. You which... guys are gonna want to throw shit at me, but uh, you enjoy this I, one, I, don't you? No, no, I don't like Halloween Resurrection. No, it's uh, I, I, I quite like Scream. Only Scream One, though. I thought it, I thought it was legitimately, uh, legitimately uh, a little bit clever. But the fact that everyone copied it afterwards and they, they did all those fucking sequels that ruined it. We're in 2002 now. Jamie Lee Curtis has decided to come back with the stipulation. She pulled a Charlton Heston in Beneath the Planet of the Apes. I'll only come back if you kill me in the first ten minutes. Heston made it to the end of. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah I know. He made but, it to but, the whole but, but movie. His, yeah, but his original stipulation was, I want to be killed in the beginning. And when he saw the script, which he thought was much stronger than he thought it was going to be, he agreed to be in it more. Well, but initially ex- for him oh. to come back, it was, I die in the first ten minutes or I'm not doing this damn A movie. better example is Jamie Lee pulled the Nancy Allen from... RoboCop 3. Rob- RoboCop 3. Yeah. What's her name from Friday the 13th one? Adrian King. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but this one, not only is her death one of the stupidest deaths I've seen in one of the Halloween movies, it's one of the most pointless. Halloween Resurrection doesn't have much go- anything going for it other than you get to see Starbuck get her head cut off. That's something. 
otherwise, there's nothing redeemable in this film, and Jamie Lee Curtis is part of that. I think she is completely wasted in this. And again, it even seems to be retconning because doesn't Michael still have to kill Josh Hartnett then? Well, I'm assuming right. that she killed Josh Hartnett off screen. That's what drove Jimmy Lee Curtis insane. You know, the, the ambulance shit, the ambulance driver shit obviously uh, didn't help. But I'm sure afterwards what finally sent her completely over the edge was her coming home and finding Josh Hartnett's head like stapled to a ceiling or something. But maybe <laughs> that's just me dreaming. I don't know what I like worse, Resurrection or H2O. Honestly, probably H2O. Resurrection has that ridiculous opening with Jamie Lee Curtis, where when I saw her get killed off, I sat there and go, wait, was that intentional, or did he accidentally kill her? What the hell just happened there? With them both falling off. So stupid. And then I'm like, wait, why is she in a nut house and all traumatized? She seemed fine at the end of the last one, just like she seemed fine at the end of the other ones, too. Um, but no, but, but the events minute, of H. No, the events Josh of H- Hartnett's dead. She loved Josh but, Hartnett. But, but doesn't Maybe. this one take place right after? Because doesn't this one open with them finding Myers' head, and then oh look, it wasn't Mikey. Oh so yeah. When did it she does. go to the nut house? She had to have she, been she, in the nut house for a while because she had really long hair. She, she went to the nut house uh, pretty much. Uh, insinuated by the film just after the thing with the ambulance driver but i think this is enough time that she, she she was all like oh shit i killed an innocent man then she had shit with the police went home found josh hartnett dead and then uh, and then you know went off to the nut house head cannon it's like a plus, personal it's like a character freaking retcon with her if 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 you know i'm right and it's not a character retcon josh hartnett's dead i'm fine <laughs> with that yeah I'm yeah fi- I- I'm fine with his character being with his character from his H2O character was annoying in the first place. I'm totally cool with that. Like my thing is, and maybe this is why I thought H2O was worse, even though, dear God, look at what the hell we're comparing with H2O. I actually had a decent amount of hopes for that. When I went to go see it, I was like, okay, maybe this will go back to being like the first one and the second one. Maybe it'll be significantly better than four or five and six. I go see it and was, yeah, let down. By the time Resurrection came out, I knew it was going to be shit. I went to go see it. It was shit. So that was 90 minutes of a movie that I saw. Like, it maybe at least with Resurrection, there might have been a couple of times when I kind of unintentionally laughed at a couple of things. Starbucks head bouncing down the steps. I Honestly, I didn't even realize until you just mentioned it that that was Starbuck. So there was maybe a couple times in that that I laughed here and there about some of the stupid stuff that happened, but that's it. it. I've only seen the movie once. It was when I saw it in the theater, and gun to my head, if I had to watch that or H2O, probably Resurrection, I guess, or The Bullet, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) To me, just the whole idea of a reality show in a Halloween movie just showed how out of ideas the producers at Dimension were, but... That's well, my opinion. It wasn't opinion. really a reality show. It was like a webcast thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a webcast. Yeah, it, it was they, they stupid. Like... It, it was, it was to me, an obvious, desperate, we need to get modern technology to get the kids, man. If Halloween Resurrection really... Okay, as it is, you got a bunch of idiots in the house with internet shit, and you got Buster Rhymes surviving for no good reason. I mean, they don't even have the... They're even, holy shit, even between 7 and 8, even their quality of rappers went down. <laughs> but, but, at least that little cool Jay tries. Yeah, if only they had had the foresight to try and, or you know, to get internet personalities of the day to play themselves. 
or uh, or if they even if they thought about you know hey maybe if we wait a few years we can use YouTube stars if they remade Halloween eight now and they actually put YouTube famous vloggers in there playing themselves and they were all locked in the house and Michael Myers turned up that would be fucking hilarious. On the on the one hand, I'm like, I don't know if I like that. And then on the other hand, man, it would be good to see Fred get his head chopped off. Just go completely ludicrous with it. You know, they're trying to sort of go, oh, look, we've got new technology. Let's sort of use that a little bit. And it's like just comes across as really, really shit. But if they, if they went all the way with it, which like Smiley is another one. It, it goes a little bit of the way. Oh, let's cast some YouTube people in our really fucking ridiculous internet-based like, horror movie. Get the people to play themselves, have a situation where they're all interacting, and then do something like that and just let it get fucking ludicrous. Trick or treat, motherfucker! Halloween Resurrection, I didn't even know that that movie had come out until 2007, and it <laughs> came on sci-fi. And I'm like, what the hell? They made another one of these? And it was so bad, I thought it was a sci-fi original. When I, first I can see that. I can see where you would get that vibe, like, especially with the TV edit. Not especially enough with Busta Rhymes doing sci-fi promos at the time. Not enough sharks in the movie for that. Halloween Resurrection did not do well. Let's put it that way. Fans did not it. like Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. They did not like the internet angle. They did not like Busta Rhymes. And this movie made everyone go, "Wow, Halloween H2O wasn't that bad after all." Jesus. So the franchise went into hibernation again. And then, for whatever reason, they got Rob Zombie to write and direct a remake. I hated Rob Zombie's remake because he seemed to not understand what the first film was about at all, or even the original franchise. He seemed to think this was all about just killing people and putting my wife in this movie as white trash. It's it's more white trash love like Rob Zombie is want to do. We'll talk about more about that next week. I, I hated say, the Rob Zombie Halloween remake. I despised it. And yet, it's not the worst one of them. Brad? No, I don't think it's... I think it's far from being one of the worst of the entire franchise. I don't think it's that good, but I don't think it's as god-awful, unwatchable, gonna-hang-myself-at-the-sight-of-it as a lot of other people do. Like, I don't know if it's necessarily that he doesn't get the other movie. I just think that he wanted to do his own thing with similar material. And I get that. The movie is... Sure, a lot of the things that the movie did didn't really work. But it is way more ambitious than your typical horror movie remake is, by far. It's actually done by someone who wanted... who He did want to give the movie a voice. He did want to give it a different take. He wanted to expand on some more characters. I get that. I totally do. And I thought some of it worked, and I thought that a lot of it really didn't. The white trash stuff was completely unnecessary and only in there because Rob Zombie made it. That was really annoying and out of place. And as a guy who uses curse words left and right, like I do in everyday speech, how many times can you say the word cocksucker in a two-minute period of time in your opening scene? With giving Michael Myers a backstory like that movie did, I actually really didn't mind that. I thought that there I thought was it some... diluted the character. 
I thought, but it was something fresh. It was something different. I get, and yeah, you can like that and you can dislike it, but it was something I hadn't seen before in a slasher franchise. And I didn't mind that so much. Uh, the only thing that it really kind of took me out of it was I really didn't give a rat's ass about the kid. I, I didn't. But I I understood that. I And I kind of like some of the back and forths he had with Malcolm McDowell in the movie. The second half of the movie didn't really do it for me because when it started just... The first half of it really does its own thing. The first half the, is paced decently. Yeah, the first half is paced decently. It really does its own thing. And then... The second half of it just carbon copy just carbon copies the first movie only in a much shorter period of time and it just seemed really distracting. It took me out of it because I was like suddenly being reminded of stuff I saw done better in the first movie. And plus making Michael Myers like twice as tall as Andre the Giant was a little ridiculous. See, to me there was only one scene I thought worked, and that was the scene with Danny Trejo where he's begging for his life as Michael's escaping, and uh-huh. he reminds him how he was always nice to him, and he always gave him you know, extra cookies and whatnot, and Michael kills him anyway. Uh-huh. I thought that worked in showing just how far Michael's gone. So yeah, Danny I, Trejo's I, scene is the only one I say, you know what, that was really well done. Yeah, I thought that, I thought that part worked. Honestly, the, uh, I think it would have worked a lot better if it was a prequel that was set in the 60s. And it showed Michael Myers. It it ended with him escaping. And That's, if, if, yeah, yeah. And uh, they show him 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 with Loomis the whole time, and then he escapes. Would have been much better. But their explanation for why Michael became so horrible that he was in this perfect triangulation of all the horrible upbringing that would create a perfect psychopath was just bullshit. I the upbringing he had was nowhere near as bad as you'd need to get that. That that took me right out of it. And the fact that Michael Myers, he was such an av- small-to-average-sized kid when he was 10, who suddenly mutated and turned into the giant guy, it just, it just made me think that this triangulation of perfect things to c- cause him into a perfect psychopath it just m- mutated him physically, which was just silly. Yeah, I agree, I, I, I agree with that. It, it was like kind of a big build-up to nothing, really. Maybe um, it was and- Danny Trejo giving him all those extra cookies that made him so big. <laughs> Well, and also, like, I'm, I'm, that's another thing about the movie, too, is I, I had trouble figuring out what the hell year it was supposed to be taking place in. It's, I, I th- think it was supposed to be 2007. Well, yeah, um, because it shows Laurie Strode on her cell phone, but then, like, when Michael Myers is a kid, it looks like 1978. Plus, Laurie Strode, the altering of the characters, you know, they, they changed her character to pretty much resemble someone who would have got killed off quite early in any other Halloween movie. And we can't leave out the fact that scout taylor compton is a terrible actress her laurie in this she cannot act and the next film solidifies that scout taylor compton was was awful i thought she was forgettable i thought laurie strode was simply forgettable she didn't like enrage me or piss me off she was just eh, forgettable modern day slasher movie character i liked the first half of it with all the backstory and think that could have been a really good movie on its own that wasn't a Halloween movie. Like, if they just kept going with this story, they, they could have had a good movie. But then, you know, like Brad pointed out, at that halfway mark, it just turns into generic slasher movie. And, uh, yeah, I, I did not like this movie. I I might say I hated it, but that's been diluted by how much I despise the second film. 
And, but it is nice. I will say that it was nice to you know that Rob Zombie keeps giving like Ken for he and all and all jobs and films that I I you know appreciate. This film it made a lot of money, but at the same time made a lot of people mad. This film cut the horror community right down the middle. You either loved this movie or you hated this movie. Rob Zombie was just kind of meh, whatever. But he outright said he would not make a sequel. So then he goes and makes a sequel because the studio came to him and said, if you make us Halloween 2, we'll let you make whatever you want, which he chose Lords of Salem, which we'll talk about next week. So he only made Halloween 2 so he could get his pet project off the ground. To me, Halloween 2 reeks of no f***s were given. It seemed like because he didn't want to make it, he just said, screw it, I'm doing whatever I want, whether it makes sense or not, that I'm going to alter all the characters. Loomis is now an absolute scumbag for no apparent reason. Scout Taylor Compton's Laurie is now one of the most irritating, shrieking bats out of hell ever for no apparent reason. You've got Michael actually speaking, which is stupid, especially with what he says. Got Only in the director's cut, apparently. You've yeah, got... that, that didn't happen in the theatrical. Okay, I saw it on video, so. You've got characters that act without motivation. You've got him going, I wanted to make a Jason movie, so now he's got mommy issues, and mommy has to tell him to kill in the white spectral horse and kill him for me. J- See, I almost said Jason right there. Kill him for me, Michael, and nothing in this movie made any sense. And then you've got the cross-cutting that, yes, he's remaking the first half of the original Halloween 2 with Michael tracking her down in the hospital, but then that turns out to be a dream sequence, but then that was cross-cut with scenes that actually take place in the continuity. So you can't have the first half of your movie be a dream sequence if parts of it are not. It's like he had no idea what film language was, and he just said, F*** you all! Well, you can't tell I don't like this movie very much. Well, I, I only found out recently that you only saw the director's cut, which I didn't see. I only saw the theatrical cut. And when you said to me that Halloween 2 is one of the worst horror movies you ever saw, that's when I was like, dude, I've seen hundreds of worst slasher movies in my sleep. So I'm only I'm only going off of the theatrical cut, which you said you didn't see. The theatrical cut, I think, is like, it's just kind of a forgettable slasher. Again, it doesn't enrage me at all. There are things about it that I think suck and don't make sense. But again, there's a few things about it that I like. Until it's revealed that it's a dream, I thought the opening hospital scene was really freaking well done. And then it ruins it by making it a dream. I liked that Sam Loomis is now this, like, cocky novelist who's selling this grotesque crime novel and like because malcolm mcdowell is just having like a blast doing this saying lines like if i want your opinion i'll beat it out of you and stuff like that and then he kind of has that cathartic moment where he's like sam you're an asshole in the theatrical cut laurie strode isn't the way that she is in the director's cut in the theatrical cut she's very close-knit with Annie Wilkes and uh, Brad Dorff in the movie. And some of those scenes were good because it was kind of like this we it was like they were doing like sort of a realistic portrait of a family that survived a slasher movie. And Which but is not that, the portrait I saw in the other one where she's a shrieking bad yeah, no, hell that hates everyone and anyone no, that tries no. to help her is just stepping on her. 
Yeah, no, that that's absolutely not what happened in the theatrical version. The theatrical version, they all live together, they all get along, and they're kind of just dealing with the fact that they survived a slasher flick. And there were some things that I thought were kind of fun. Like, I never thought I would see Michael Myers burst into a strip club while Ooh Ooh Jackie Blue is playing and kill a couple of people. That was kind of fun. Does the theatrical but, cut end with uh, Love Hurts over all the corpses? Over all the corpses? No. At, at the end of the movie, in the director's cut, Love Hurts plays after Loomis, Laurie, and Michael all get taken down by snipers. It, it cuts to Love Hurts. No, and I don't even remember them all three getting taken down by snipers at the end. Well, anyway, but like it's been four years I since I've seen Josh it. I think Josh is really making this up at this point. Um, oh, shut up, you! It's, it's been four <laughs> years since I've since I've seen since I've seen it. But I remember that Love Hurts plays during the ending credits, but not. I do not remember it being over any shots of corpses or anything like that. Like, but the movie. The mommy stuff is the same in the theatrical one, and that's where the movie kind of loses me a bit. That was just weird Rob Zombie kind of making him like Jason, but also wants to put his wife in it and do just weird symbolic for the sake of it being questionably symbolic music video stuff for no reason other than it's Rob Zombie making it. Like, that didn't make any freaking sense in the theatrical version either. It's so not a very good movie. I don't lose any sleep over it. I don't get, like, enraged at all by the movie. To me, it just kind of is what it is. You said you did not rewatch this one, but have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, this is, this is the only one that I didn't rewatch in preparation for this. My biggest memory from watching this many years ago was just wondering why Rob Zombie felt the need to make Friday the 13th the art house movie, and why he <laughs> felt the need to turn Halloween into that. It's like, a, it's like a, okay, it's like Jadarowski was was hit in the head with a frying pan a few times and then tried to make Friday the 13th. Pretty I can much. see I can see that. I can see, yeah cuz yeah. as much as I hate this movie I can see that Rob Zombie was trying to be a little more artistic with how he shot it. It just to me failed. Yeah, cuz there wasn't really much of a reason for it. No. It it's the wrong kind of movie for that. Alex, I know you despised this movie. I hated oh. it. And for most of the reasons that have already been brought up, one thing that I really didn't like about it was not knowing when this movie took place. Because you had the first Halloween remake where Laurie Strode is a typical modern teenager with the cell phone and everything. And then this movie is all 1970s. Like when she wakes up from the dream, there's a moody blues music video on. She's got Alice Cooper posters on the wall. And I'm like, now she's a typical teen from the 70s. When does this movie? After 75, because they all dress up as Rocky Horror characters. Yeah, they dress up as Rocky Horror characters for that that Halloween party they go to. Everything in this movie is 1970s. Which version did you see? The theatrical version. Okay. Yeah, because I remember the the Rocky... Yeah, now that you mention it, I remember the Rocky Horror thing. And and you're right, because I mean, that's a problem I had with the first remake, too, was that it was like, just pick a year that this is supposed to take place. Well, and then leading to my argument that he was almost making an anti-movie for people that didn't like the first one, <laughs> there's this there's this scene, apparently it was a dream, where the paramedics hit the cow, and you have the one guy just going, fuck, 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 fuck in an uncut shot for three straight minutes saying fuck, 
truck about 40 times in a row. And I'm just thinking, what the hell was that? That honestly. Why kinda, was that? I, I, I don't know why that was there. I will say this, like, unlike in the first one with William Forsyth just saying cocksucker every five seconds that he can, in that part, when, in the second one where the guy is just saying f*** over and over again, I'm not saying it was good, but it made me laugh. I don't think it was supposed to. I don't know. That's freaking I'm, debatable. <laughs> I'm hoping that Rob Zombie, at least partially, was trying to punish the studio for making him make Halloween 2 so he could make his Lords of Salem. Or or, or they were calling his bluff, saying, oh yeah, we're not going to make you cut that. I want to see I want to see some sort of a book about the making of Halloween 2 just to see if there's any, any of this is actually real. So to me, I hated this one even more than I did the other one. To me, this was the worst horror film I'd ever seen until we get to next week. Because we're ending on the Rob Zombie Halloweens, it only makes sense with Halloween still upon us. We're going to do a Rob Zombie retrospective next week. And then you'll find out what I think is the worst horror film ever made. So, since we've gone way long tonight, where can we find Brad L.G. Jones? You can find me at uh, thecinemasnob.com. Where can we find the Marquis de Suede? At geekjuicemedia.com. Where can we find the Diamanda Hagen? At uh, diamandahagen.wordpress.com. Or at Tigwitig if you're so inclined. And you can find me, 1201beyond. Contact the show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Or I am also at geekjuicemedia.com. Have a good night, guys. I'll keep my jack-o'-lantern light on for everyone tonight.
Radio Drome is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.